Hi everyone, today's episode of Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy is sponsored by Anchor. If you're not familiar with Anchor, let's talk about it for a little bit because it's not something that's going to tie you down to the bottom of the ocean. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. And everybody knows a girl loves free. Free is better than skinny. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. They do all of the work for you. I mean, look at this. You can hear my crazy whiny voice on over 10 platforms already. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. And then you can have your voice out there like this little girl here. So check it out, y'all. And let's get back to the show. Hello everyone, you are listening to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. My name is Andrew Shepard and this is my very first episode of my podcast. I want to say thank you to every single person who's listening right now. This would not be possible without you and I appreciate it. If you get a chance, share me on your social media if you'd like to. Share my podcast if you like to as well. Share the link. Tell as many people as you can. Um, I first want to start off by saying that this is a new endeavor for me, something that I've never done before, and I am excited about the future that's going to come from this. Um, right now, what you guys are listening to or you hear in my background, it's a song called No Feelings. It's by a rapper named Stevia Smoke. Um, he is a gay rapper. He's a part of the gay rap movement and his music's pretty amazing. Um, check him out on Facebook. Just look up Stevia Smoke. It's S as in Sam, T-E-V-I-A-S-M-O-K-E. On Instagram, it's Stevia Smoke the Rapper. Um, look him up. I'll put his link in the bio so you guys can check him out as well. Um, so as far as my podcast and the way it's going... I am a gay black man who has just recently turned 30, and I like to share some of my views about the world, opinions and situations that have happened in my life, or things that you may want to talk to me about or ask me yourselves. Um, If you'd like to ask me a question or have me broach a topic or just get my opinion on some kind of situation, you can reach me on all social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, people still use it. I'm even still on MySpace. I didn't know it was still a thing, but it's there. And because of Solange Knowles, now I know Black Planet is still a thing. Um, But you can find me online. My name to just look for is AJ, and it's A-J-A-Y. Last name is Vandertunt. V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. That is not my real last name. I just use it when I'm online. If you would like to ask me a question, something for me to talk about, 
or you just want to send me whatever's in your head, feedback, I welcome it. Give it to me, positive or negative, I'll take it. Um, You can also reach me at my email, and the email for me is lifestyle, G is in George, B is in boy, B is in boy, at gmail.com. So lifestylegbb at gmail.com. Feel free to send me anything. And if you would like me to talk about something on the show and you want to stay anonymous, I can keep you anonymous. That is not a problem at all. Um, so this being my inaugural episode, I am I'm cheesing like a Kool-Aid kid over here. I can't stop smiling. I love it. Um, with my podcast, just like I was saying, it's going to focus on my points of view and what I feel is relevant to me my opinion on situations, but my opinions will not reflect that of everybody else's. And for the most part, I'm pretty sure there are people out there who will flat out disagree with me and I'm okay with that. If you disagree with me, you want to talk about why you disagree? Talk to me about it. I love to hear it. I'm all for a heated or spirited debate. Um, Also, I will have my friends on the show every now and then or just people to interview and guest and I love that. You know, I would love to make more connections with people doing this. So if you're interested, again, let me know. Um, so let's just get into the topic of today. So my topic for today is being gay, black, and 30. Um, also for short, you can call it GB30. I just recently turned 30 September of last year. So I'm about at the, what, halfway mark of being 30, three decades and 0.005. I think that's how you would say it in math. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. But a lot has changed since I went from being 20s to 30. A shitload has changed. Stuff that I didn't expect to happen. Um, And I think it's something that I want to talk about. It's something that I feel is important to me because Three decades of me being on the earth, oh my God, I didn't think I was going to make it here. I thought I'd be done maybe at like 24, 25. You know, I was just going to be like, hey life, here's my two weeks notice. Um, I'm about to go binge drinking and, you know, I'll see you when I see you. Or, you know, I just, half the shit that's happened, it's amazing that I'm here. So I'm very happy about it. Um. A couple of people have sent me some questions of things that they wanted me to talk about for this specific podcast. So I've got a few that I'll answer and we'll start there. So the first question that I got was, how did your life change once you accepted your sexuality? Um, And this one stuck out to me because I didn't really accept my sexuality until my mid-20s probably about 25, 26 is when I really accepted that, hey, I'm gay and I like it. You know, I don't have an epic story like I had some like earth shattering kiss or something or, you know, I didn't get like a toaster oven or something when I came out. So I don't really have anything like excited to say about that, the whole coming out thing, but coming out to myself, I think was probably the biggest thing that changed for me because I had to admit to myself like, hey, you're not just experimenting. This is what you like. 
there's nothing wrong with liking it. I mean, it's like people who like chicken every day. There's nothing wrong with chicken. Chicken is delicious. And I would eat it all the time if I could eat chicken all the time. But, you know, I had to accept that there wasn't just chicken in my diet. My diet consisted of a lot of other meats like sausages and ribs and steak, you know? I'm vegan, but I wanted the steak. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and my life changed once I accepted that because I was a lot more open and free with, pe- with people. Um, before accepting who I am, I was very shut off from the world. I mean, I didn't really want to be around people. I didn't really want to socialize. I was not outgoing at all. I was literally that person that when you see them on the bus, you're like, oh my God, don't sit next to him. He's probably got a bomb on him. (laughs) Like hoodie pulled all the way over my face. Like nobody talked to me. Um, even though not a single person on the bus would have known anything about me or even that I was gay, unless, you know, I started talking to him. Because for my voice, some people say that's my tell. Okay. I'm not ashamed of it. I actually really like it. I think it's not bad. It's whiny and nasally, but it's, it's good. Um, my second question that I had was, what has been the most significant change since turning 30? And I have to say my most significant change is my mind and my mindset of how I analyze, view, and see things. Um, One example of it, and it's actually a pretty recent example, is when it comes to work and careers. So when I first got into the workforce, I was all about, oh, keep going, keep going, just do it. And then that was when I was 16. It was because, you know, I wanted some pocket change. I wanted to be able to go get my Kit Kats with my Arizona iced tea every single day. And then maybe go pick up some video games after that. So it was a great life. Simpler times. I'd give anything for them now. But uh, I just saw a job as, oh, this is just a quick way to get some quick money. Boom, boom, boom. We're all good. Um, now you know, progressing from my first starting to work. So now when I'm working, I don't want to take shit. Not in a standoffish or angry kind of way. It's like, I'm here more than I am at home. I've got to do something that I love, something that I enjoy. And before hitting 30, I didn't really think of work that way. I just thought of jobs the same way you think of tissue, Like, you take one out the box, boom, blow your nose, get it all good. Okay, maybe on to the next one, or maybe I'll reuse the same tissue. (laughs) That's gross. (laughs) Maybe I'll flip the tissue over (laughs) and use it some more. That's how I would think about it. Like, okay, here's a job, boom, got it. Here's a job, boom, got it. Here's a job, boom, got it. Now, I look at it as, okay... I want a career, but I'm not willing to sacrifice my happiness for that career. Before my 30s, I would just take a job just because it was a job. Now I'm like, okay, is this something that is going to value me, something that I want? You know, what is this adding to my life is now that I ask when I take a job. Um, And it's changed me a lot because 
man, <laughs> if this was older Andrew and some of the things that I experienced in the previous couple of jobs that I did have, I was just, nope, I'm out. Leave me alone. I'm good. Like, nope, you can't tell me anything. Now I've changed in that. You know, another really big change, and this goes along with my mindset of how I think of things, is how I bring people into my life. You know, now I look at that person as, what is the value of you being a part of my life? Is there something good here? Are you going to help me wash my spoons every day? I love to wash dishes, y'all. And if I have a sink full of spoons, I'm in heaven. (laughs) It's just the best experience ever. Um, Like, that's a... It's just one of those things. It's like now I actually want to know who's actually all here in my life. You know, before hitting 30, it'd be like, oh, oh, hey, you're here. I walk into my house and, oh, okay, well, your people are here and you people are here. Yeah, meh, whatever. Now it's like there's only specific people who can cross that doorway. And it's all a change in my mindset. And I have to say, I really love it. I freaking love it. Um, next question that I had, and this one I thought was, it was deep and short all at the same time, because it made me think when I saw it. And it was, if you had advice to share about this lifestyle, especially now that you've reached your 30s, what would you say? And this one, man... I had so many things that hit me all at once just thinking about this because there's multiple things that I could say. There's multiple things that I could look at. And one of the big things that stuck out to me when thinking about what advice I would share is always keep yourself right. And when I say keep yourself right, that means do what is best for you. Not about being selfish or manipulative or taking for others or trying to damage other people or fighting people off so you stay safe, but make sure that you're right first. So almost like if you're in an airplane and you're in the airplane and if you've flown, you know, sometimes they'll come over the intercom. Well, I mean, not sometimes, they always do. When they give you the pre-flight directions of where your safety devices are and all that stuff. And you're like, okay, I know what this is. I know what they're saying here. And then there's a part of it where they say, if you're sitting by the doors, can you help the person who's next to you? Can you help everybody else get off the plane and then you get off? And now I'm paraphrasing it. So if you are a flight attendant or you do this message on flights, please don't correct me because I know I'm not saying it all correctly. But they say that, you know, can, can you help the people out, especially down the slide? I am the person who will raise my hand and say, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I just can't. I know that it is not in me to do that. And the reason being that it's not in me is I know that in that moment, I will probably be panicked and my panic can go wild sometimes. So me trying to be that stable sense of direction in that kind of environment, I know isn't going to be good. But I say that because it leads me to my point of how to always make sure you're right. It's not about saying fuck everybody else, you know, fuck this plane, we're all going down, da, 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 da. No, (laughs) 
It's not like that. What it is, is I know that for me to survive, I have to check myself at that point. I cannot take on somebody else in a stressful situation like that if I'm still going to make it out. Now, take that how you want to take it. (laughs) I am not saying that I'm going to leave puppies behind on the plane or something, but I at least want to make sure that I get out too. Um, Another part of advice that I would say that I would give is don't get swept up in gay being your definer in the world. You know, I mean, I know the title of my podcast is Lifestyle of Gay Black Boy, but don't let being gay be the only thing that defines your life. It's like an accent. It's like a really cute hat. Like you put on this, like one of those hats that they wear to the rodeo, not rodeos, the derby, and they're like really big and fun. And it's like, oh, your fascinator is amazing. You know, and I want a hat, y'all. I want a hat that's made of steel and has like the whole nativity scene on top of it. If I go to the rodeo, that is what I want. I keep calling the rodeo the Kentucky Derby. I'll figure it out one day. <laughs> but I that's what I kind of imagine gay is. Like, when you're gay, you have this hat on. And, I mean, even when you're straight, you have a hat on, too. When you're whatever you define yourself as, you have a hat on. That hat, though, is attached to you. You are not attached to the hat. So... That hat, you can take it off, put it back on. It's still going to have hat hair, and you're still going to look a little crazy without the hat. You'll still look a little crazy with the hat on. But that hat doesn't define who you are. So don't lose yourself in what being gay or any kind of lifestyle is. Those would be my two big points for advice, I would say. Um, because... I didn't really have that kind of guidance from other people in this lifestyle until I got to my 30s, you know, late 20s, going into 30s. And it's something beautiful. I think it's just great to know that there are people who are out there who can help you out with stuff like that. And those were two of the biggest things that stuck out to me is just making sure you're right, you know. But with all that being said, um... Those were three questions that I got. And I thought I'd keep it at three because three and 30, you know, they're the same number just with the zero at the end. That's my effort in math. And I think it's great to do everything in threes. Now, I'll do more questions in more episodes. But for right now, we'll stick with the three. (laughs) Um, So another thing that got sent to me, and it wasn't a question, but it was actually an article that got sent to me. And it was about the top five stressors for black men in America. Now, these stressors, they can fit for other people of other races and other genders. And it's okay. But me, I can only offer my opinion as somebody who is a black man. So the first stressor that's on the list, it's money and finance. Money and finance. And, you know, having the lack of economic opportunities you're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, that's a stressor. It's a huge stressor. I mean, in my 20s, living paycheck to paycheck was, okay, do I still have enough money to go to the bar and pay my rent? Or do I have enough money to go out and eat brunch every day this week? Or 
pay my rent. <laughs> you know, another thing that I would do in my 20s was, oh, well, I can let the power get turned off and then still go buy this video game. Not thinking, Andrew, dumb fuck, without power, <laughs> the game won't turn on. You know, now that I'm in my 30s, I look at it differently, where I don't want to live that paycheck-to-paycheck lifestyle. You know, it is stressful as shit. Oh, my God. Like, there's times now, even though I know my shit's straight, I know that I'm going to have all the money I need. I'm still sitting here like, okay, let me carry the one. Let me do this. Oh, if I sell a kidney here, I can make sure that I have rent covered for three months. Maybe they'll take part of my large intestine. That's got to at least cover a car payment. Like, I am bargaining out my body. (laughs) And... (laughs) as I'm barking it out I look at it like well damn you know but with that I'm saying it as economics and your financial stability actually become a thing that matter when you're 30 I did not give a damn about credit until credit got explained to me and I understood what credit was I'm like oh I thought this was something that I didn't have to worry about. I'm like, I don't have credit cards. So I'm like, what does credit have to do with my life? No, credit is not just the card, which I found out. So it's something that for me, turning 30 has become an important thing to me. It hasn't become a stressor yet. I hope it doesn't, but it'll probably work its way in there at one point. Um, Another one that's on the list is number two for the stressors of black men, race and racism. And they broke it down into a couple portions of negative experiences, institutionalization, and then personal and internalized racism. So negative experiences, I know we've all had them and we've had those times where we're like, well, damn, that just didn't work out. Um, And if you happen to be somebody who is black or a person who is of another race than Caucasian, You may have had those experiences where it's like, did that happen because I'm this race? Did that happen because I'm black? And I've had that happen to me. I can even tell you a story of, I was 24 at the time and I walked into a store that was near my house and the guy behind the counter starts screaming and yelling. Now I had my headphones on at that point, so I didn't know what he was screaming about until I actually took my headphones off and he's shouting at me, no, you get out of my store. You stole from my store weeks ago and I'll call the police if you don't leave. And he's just going, going, going. Now, mind you, this whole time this is happening, I'm in a white neighborhood and it's a store full of white people at this time. And I'm just like, damn, like I felt so embarrassed. I couldn't even say anything back. And I'm just like, shit, they're just looking at me at this black person who just still shit. And I had never actually gone into that store before. That was literally my first time there. And I know some people listening like, well, you should have spoke up or you should have argued back with them. Da, 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 You could have just said this, this, and this. And at that moment, not only was I so embarrassed that I was being humiliated in front of a group of people in a store and being the only black person there, I knew that for the neighborhood that I was in, as soon as I got angry or screamed or yelled, or got upset, I would have turned from 
the person just being yelled at in the front of a store to an angry black man who obviously has done something wrong. That ties into that internalized racism where there's times where I find myself and I'm pretty sure there are people out there who find themselves doing it too of limiting yourself or not reacting in a certain way because you don't want to become that angry black man or that angry black person who's just upset just to be upset. Um, that was a hard one for me, y'all. And now that I'm 30, I mean, this is six years away from that experience being 30. I still have those moments where I'm like focusing on my internalized racism. But then the other side of it now is now I know how to speak up in a way that I can present myself to the world and say, I'm not going to fit your stereotype. Yes, I'm upset. I am very angry. And everything deep down inside me would love to just hurl some shit at you. But I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to rise above it and cut you deeply some other way. And it most likely will be with a smile. Um, The other part of it is institutionalization. Now, being a member of the Black community and being a member of the American community on top of that as well, we have the highest prison population in the world. So a lot of people understand what it is to be institutionalized. It is more rampant in the African-American community and it sucks. You know, I have family members who are in prison or who have been to prison. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there have. And because of that, it does leave a stain on you where you always think about what could happen, how bad could a situation get, and the next thing you know, you end up in prison. Um, That's one thing that I think about a lot, even though I don't really do much as far as breaking the law outside of, you know, the normal things, public intoxication or... um. You know, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> that's the only one I can think of as far as a law that may have broken or, you know, maybe in a little, I don't know. Is it illegal to wear a sweater during the summer? Or if it's illegal to drink hot coffee during the summer? I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, But not even to make light of it, it's just one of those things that is a part of the community and it sucks. But there are ways to rise above it. There really are. Um. And this is one of those points where I bring up therapy. Therapy is amazing, especially if you're dealing with the things in this category. Therapy, getting it out to talk to somebody who was just objective, it is a godsend. It really is. It's, oh my God, it's like eating the best chip in the bag of chips where you would kick a baby in the face for another one of those chips because you just know that chip was so good. Like literally, you're at the Super Bowl and you are going to punt a baby for another one of those chips. Damn. So good. So another stressor that's on the list, number three actually, is your job and career, which I actually was talking about earlier. And for the things they put in subcategories for it were the difficulties of finding a job, keeping a job, and succeeding at a job. You know, now that I am in my 30s, I look at, you know, work differently, like I was saying. Not only do I want it to be a place where I can be happy at, but I want to have a job that I want to keep and that I want to succeed at. In the past, when I was working, it was just, uh, whatever. 
I got a job. I'll keep it for as long as I can. But if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Now, and it started in my late 20s going into my 30s. And now in my 30s, it really does stick in my mind of I want a job that I feel I'm valued at, that I feel is worth my time, that I can be happy at, that even though there will be stress that comes, it is not stress that is unwanted, unwarranted, or stress that is just stressful. You know, the stress has a purpose. That's the stress I'm okay with when it comes to a job. And right now, y'all, it's the employee market. If you need a job, go out there and look for them. Employers are hiring because lots of shit is going away, but new things are coming around. Um, number four on the list was relationships and family. And this had to deal with struggling with your partner, your spouse, family members, and children. I will start this off by saying this right now. I do not have children. My life is not set up for children. I do not see myself having children. They are great <laughs> they are great. And I will take a child if I can give that child back to their parents. Um, but my life is just not set up for a child. You know, I can't be that dad who, when his child goes to school, they say, oh, yeah, dad made his dizzy water last night. And then he didn't get up off the couch. <laughs> or, you know, dad forgot to pick me up from the zoo again. So he's just sitting there. I think if I do ever have children, the zoo will be a huge thing in our life. I don't know why, but I just think we'll be at the zoo all the time for no reason. Um, you know, I don't want to be that kind of parent. And I know talking about it and make light of it. But those things are not funny. Child abuse and alcoholism is not funny. So I want to just lay that out there right now. But I don't see myself able to have children as far as the nurturing instinct and that parental vibe that is there. And not every parent has it. They don't. But I know for myself, I do not have that much love to give at this time. So for me, children will not be happening. Um, You know, struggling with your partner, your spouse, you know, that is an interpersonal struggle and it's hard. Um, But keeping those lines of communication open are big. You know, with relationships and your spouses, it can be a stressor because that's one of the people in this world who you did not get born with them. They hopefully are not a blood relative of yours. I mean, if you're into that, no judgment, but I just don't think you should date people you're blood related to. Um, your partner and your spouse They know how to cut you in a way that you cannot be cut by anybody else because they know you intimately. They know details about you that you probably don't even know yourself. They know that you like ketchup mixed with salt with a little bit of sriracha sauce on the side of your french fries. They know that. They know that when you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth in a circular motion going from the left side to the right side of your mouth and then going from the right side to the left side, but stopping in the middle of your mouth to brush your front teeth extra. They know these things and it's creepy that they know it, but it's great at the same time. The bad part about it is if you have a spouse or a partner or 
a relationship where it's toxic, they may try to use those things against you. That can create extreme stress. Now, I didn't think about that when I was younger in my 20s. I didn't really think about relationships that way because a relationship to me maybe lasted a week, two weeks, at the most, maybe six months is what it really lasted at. Um, I did have a couple of serious relationships, and we'll talk about that in an episode where we specifically focus on relationships. But each relationship to me was that tissue concept again. Okay, took the tissue out, blew my nose in it, eh, on to the next one. You know, that's really what it turned out to. Um, Our last point that the article brought up was health and illness. You know, adverse health, the lack of a good diet, exercise, and chronic disease. Now, in my 20s, it was all fun and games. I could sit there and eat an entire fucking pizza, get up the next day, and still be hungry. I could eat 12 packs of ramen noodles, probably have high blood pressure, and be mid-stroke. But I know, drink a cup of water and go to sleep. I'll be good in the morning. I won't stroke out. None of that's going to happen. Now, it's not like that at all. <laughs> it's it's terrible. I hate it. Like, eating is a task. And not a task in the way of, like, I hate eating. It's just like, I know if I eat too late, it's going to fucking suck because I'm going to have heartburn and all this other crap that's going to happen. And it's just not fun. You know, I also know that I can't just sit here and eat fried chicken and pizza and greasy stuff, Chinese food every night. Because if I do, I'm going to weigh 300 pounds. And in the past, it would just like not ever build. It would just go away. Now it's like, it's a fight to make sure that I don't get over the way I don't want to be over. No fun. Now I know I have to go exercise. In the past, It'd be like, oh, let's go exercise, guys. And exercising was just walking around, taking pictures to look cute while somebody else is struggling behind me lifting a dumbbell or something. Now, I am that individual who is struggling with the dumbbell. No fun at all. I swear sometimes when I'm at the gym, some of the guys who are there who are like religious gym heads look at me like he is going to hurt the shit out of himself. <laughs> Or I'm pretty sure they're looking at me like, well, damn, he can definitely be on that elliptical for an hour. But when it comes to weights, maybe 30 seconds. I'll lift up a weight and I'm like, oh, one. Okay, I'm done. It's down, down for the count. But don't let me sit down at the gym. I can't get back up. It just doesn't work. Um, You know, another part of it is chronic disease. Chronic disease, you know, or diseases, or even the changes just in your body, they're going to happen once you start hitting this age. You know, I've been fortunate so far not to have anything major happen, but there's one time I got severely scared, thoughts, I was dying. I'm like, what in the world's happening? So this was earlier this year in January, and it was really, really cold. I live in upstate New York. It was like so cold that I just thought the whole world was going to freeze. And I woke up in the morning And I had this pain. It was like this achy pain in my left knee. And it just did not go away all day long. So by about 4 o'clock, I'm sitting on my couch. 
I'm just annoyed, I'm in pain, and then I turn into a big baby, and I end up calling my dad. I'm like, Dad, my leg hurts, it just hurts, it won't stop hurting, it won't stop. And he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, it's just this dull pain, and it just won't go away. And I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like getting all dramatic about it. And he's like, Andrew, you're old. (laughs) And that was his thing. He's like, you're old. It's like, your joints are going to hurt now because it's cold. You're old. Get over it. And then he just hangs up the phone on me. (laughs) So (laughs) now I understand why when people get to their 30s and start going up from there, they make noises when they stand up because the shit hurts. And sometimes the noises aren't even from their mouth. It's from their body. Like they get up and they sound like a creaking door. It's like, and it's like, whoa, what, what, what was that? I mean, I stood up the other day and I looked behind me because I swore a glass bottle fell off my fridge. I was like, what, what was that? That was my knees. How? How does this happen? This didn't happen when I was a kid. But, you know, I hate it. It's stupid. I mean, I heard somebody on Facebook say that you sound like a bag of chips once you hit 30. I sounded like a whole bag of ice from, like, Walmart. And, you know, when you drop it on the ground, it just... That's what I felt like I sounded like. I hate it. You know, even right now, my joints and my legs are popping. So stupid. (laughs) Um, Aside as far as disease, now I know I have to take care of myself a lot more. I can end up being diabetic. I can get high blood pressure. Heart disease is big in the black community. So all these things that I didn't worry about in the past, oh, boom, now I'm worrying about it. And I'm like, damn it, come on. You know, at least if I get some kind of chronic illness or disease, I'd love for it to be something fun, like turn into a werewolf or, you know, shed my skin like a snake. Give me that kind of fun stuff. You know, when I turned 30, I thought this was going to be this amazing experience of just new things and the world's going to smell better. And when I sneeze, a rainbow will fire out my face. No, that that just doesn't happen. (laughs) It doesn't happen. (laughs) It's just, there's nothing there. But I'm happy I made it to 30. I can say that. So those were from that article, and I'll have to post the information for the article in the uh, description for the podcast so you guys can check it out because it's really good. And there's a lot of good information they give there. Now, I am not a trained medical professional by any standard. So as far as mental health and physical health, take what I say as a grain of salt because I do not know what I'm talking about sometimes. I will literally say something, and because it sounds good, I'm like, okay, this works. Like, I just recently found out that when you're pregnant, you should lay on your right side, I think. And I always wondered why. I was like, what is that about? And my explanation was, oh, does that mean the baby's like closer to God or something? So that's the reason why they lay like that? No, had nothing to do with that. It helps prevent acid reflux, which I found out. You know, I'm still going to stick with the baby's closer to God. I think that's kind of cool. Um... But it's interesting. So another thing that I do want to talk about is what I call your gay life crisis. Now, the gay life crisis is like your midlife crisis, but for when you were gay. 
and you're in the gay community. And I don't want to call it a midlife crisis because right now I'm 30. So if I said that this was a midlife crisis, that means I'm only going to make it to 60. And I feel like 60 is probably a really fun age, like really fun. When I'm 60, I will be that person driving in my car. I will have my turn signal on for 72 miles and never turn. And I will be hunched over the steering wheel, probably like listening to like Calvin Harris at that point. Calvin Harris will be classic music. (laughs) And I'll be hunched over the steering wheel. Just like go around, go around. Um, But in your gay life crisis, if it's anything like how mine has been and is going, because I say I'm in the middle of it, um, things that you never thought you'd be interested in, you become interested in. You know, I was never interested in drag queens or watching drag. And now I love it. It is like an art form where it's like, whoa, did that just happen? That is makeup magic, you know? It's something that I had never really paid attention to in my younger life. And now I'm like, okay, this is freaking awesome. Um, Another part of that is you start looking for other communities to associate with. So in my gay life crisis, I changed how I was. You know, I was social when I was younger, but I was never about joining a group or being a part of a team or you know, caring about what other people had done in this lifestyle or with themselves. And now I find myself interested in different communities, like the leather community, like the BDSM community, um, you know, things that I just never had interest in before. You know, one thing that I even did, and it was a milestone for myself, was applying for uh, the Brotherhood of Onyx. And if you're not familiar with what Onyx is, it is for men of color um, and black men. And I don't want to say specifically, but who are joining the BDSM community, leather community, and want a brotherhood. It's almost like a fraternity. And that intrigued me like no tomorrow. When I was in my 20s, I didn't care about that. It was all about me and what I want to go do. Now it's a way to make friendship and have companionship in a different way, a whole different fashion. And it's a selected family, you know? And I think that's something that we get that is given to us in this community of being gay is having a selected family. You get to choose who you want to call your family. And I love it. I still have my real family, but I, my blood family, I'm not gonna say real family, but you still get to create this family in this community that is just amazing. I think it's so good. Um, another thing that has come with me being 30, is milestones. You know, there's milestones in your life that you have to acknowledge that you didn't think you would get. You know, having your own place or establishing yourself with a utility bill, which I I never took that as an accomplishment until I actually talked to somebody and they're like, that's a huge accomplishment. How many people can actually say that they have a stable place to lay their head at when they're in their 30s. Some people don't get it these days until they're almost in their 40s. So that's an accomplishment and it's something that everybody, if you have it, celebrate. If you don't have it, work towards it and celebrate it or just celebrate yourself. Celebrate that you have made it 
through this life. No matter what age you are or what point you are, celebrate yourself every day that you have made it. Because people did not wake up today. People also did not make it through the entire day. So the fact that you did, celebrate it. And milestones are something that I'm starting to value more now that I've turned 30. It started in my late 20s going into 30, but valuing the accomplishments that are made. Before I got to this age, I didn't care. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, I got it. Time to keep it moving. You know, almost that throw it in the bag concept of I don't really care. You may think it's something epic. To me, it's just everyday life. Now, I actually take a moment to stop and enjoy it. Stop and enjoy what you've accomplished and enjoy the journey that it took to get there. Because that journey is huge. It's even bigger than the accomplishment itself because you've picked up things along the way that you didn't know you picked up. And that's just fucking beautiful. I can't lie. I love it. I'm sorry, you guys, I do curse a little bit. So, you know. The last thing that I kind of want to talk about, well, I kind of am going to talk about it, is when it comes to turning 30 and dealing with the parts of life that you didn't know were coming, or maybe not didn't know were coming, that were coming, but you weren't prepared for because you didn't take it into account when you were younger. You know, now that I've turned 30, I have noticed my parents are getting older, that they're not going to be around forever, um, that everybody that you called your friend isn't really your true friend. I've learned that you can give trust to people and people will run with it and they'll either build with it, make something beautiful, or they'll destroy with it. I have learned a lot about people just turning 30. You know, when you're in your 20s, you're all about you. You don't really pay attention to it. You don't really care. At least for me now in my 30s, I'm like, oh, wow. Now I actually see that these people were not for me. These people were here, but they were here because they could gain something from me, but they weren't for me. So... That's another thing that I've realized, and the realizing mortality is real. That has been a huge wake-up call for me. So it's changed how I look about bringing people into my life, especially when it comes to a relationship point of view. Because no, it's no longer about, oh, you're just hot, or, oh, well, you could look good with me, or I bet you it's amazing. Now it's more like, okay... When that point comes in my life where I lose my family or I suffer some kind of disparaging loss, are you going to be the person who's going to be there that I can rely on? Or are you just going to shoot me a text message with a smiley face that says, it'll be okay. And that's all you do. Nothing else. Because the people in your life who stick around can send you that same message, but you know there's more meaning to it. There's care behind it. And hitting this age now, it's made me think about that a whole lot more than I've ever thought about. Um, and it, it's beautiful. But you know the great part about it, and this is probably the best thing about being 30, at least to me. When I was in my 20s, I had just moved out of my parents' house and everything. And I was all about excess. You know, I want all the things that I couldn't have as a kid. 
I wanted to do this, that, this, and that, and pick all these things off the shelves. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to drink all the time. I wanted to learn what it was like to smoke weed because I did not smoke weed until I was 22. I was that person who believed reefer madness. If you bought weed, you funded terrorism, you funded cannibalism. If you bought weed and you smoked it, you would turn into this weird monster or you'd deflate and you'd be stuck on your couch. That's when I thought about it. I believed that lie until I was 21. And then I finally smoked weed and I was like, oh, well, this is different. You know, I think I'll have a little bit of that in my life. But looking at things differently now, it makes it better. Because now I know how to, if I'm going to smoke, I'll smoke in moderation. Now I can sit at home and play video games and not care what anybody else says because I still got my shit together. You know, another part of it, and this is one of the things that I have just been happy about, even when I'm broke, I'm broke for a reason. I'm not broke because I just went out to just go drink my face off. No, I'm broke because I paid my electricity bill. I paid for my gas. I paid my rent. I paid my phone bill. I paid for my entertainment. I got groceries. Like, I did things that were not important to me as a 20-year-old, as a kid. I just saw them as things that you just have to have in your life. No. I worked for this, I did it, and now I can enjoy it. And that is another thing that I love. I mean, it's amazing. But I love it. And I think those are important things to just talk about and bring up when it comes to turning your 30s. Because if you haven't turned 30 yet, and you know, you'll hear everybody talking about it. Oh, it's your dirty 30, or you're going to be 30, and it's going to be 30 flirty, and whatever else rhymes with 30. 30 blurty. No, that doesn't sound good. Blurry 30. I like that one there. Blurry 30. Okay. That's if you get bad LASIK surgery at 30, your vision's going to be blurry. <laughs> Terrible joke, but I like it. Um, but you know, there's a lot of expectations. There's a lot of pressure that gets put on you because you feel like at this point in your life, you have to be this established adult and you have to be what people expect you to be. And I've learned now, turning 30, it still doesn't fucking matter what anybody else thinks about you. People are going to have their opinions about you until the day that you die. The fact that you have turned 30 does not change that and will never change it. The fact that you're 30 now means that you have now developed a vocabulary to tell them to go fuck themselves in ways they could not have imagined. (laughs) That is a beautiful thing. So value it. Value your 30s. Value being in your 30s. And enjoy it. I mean, really indulge in being in your 30s, but indulge responsibly. Don't be that person who came home from work yesterday and sat on his couch and ate a roll of cookies just because. They were just good. I just couldn't stop. I mean, sorry, that person could not stop. They just couldn't. They were delicious. Oh, they were so good. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening. This has flown by. I didn't realize we were almost at 50 minutes. I'm going to try to keep each podcast 
under an hour, you know, at least for starting off, because my voice is a lot to take in, especially with it being so whiny and nasally. I mean, if you like it, I worry for you deep down inside. <laughs> um, but again, I want to thank Stevia Smoke for letting me use his music as a part of my podcast. Again, I'll tag them in the description so you guys know exactly who I'm talking about. And thank you for listening. If you've made it all the way through, the journey is now done. Um, you know, I'm going to post episodes every Friday. And every Friday, you'll get a dose of lifestyle of a gay black boy. And again, this is just the world according to me. And it's mindless rambling. So if you love it, thank you. And I hope that you share it. And I hope to hear from you guys as far as feedback, questions, topics you want me to cover. And again, if you have anything to send to me, good or bad, I will accept it because I would love to hear what you all think. Go to my Facebook page, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Tumblr, my MySpace, whatever social media is out there. I am on there as AJ, which is A-J-A-Y, Vandertunt. My last name is V-A-N-D-E-R-T-U-N-T. And you can also email me at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. That's lifestyle, G as in George, B as in boy, B as in boy, at gmail.com. I hope to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening to this episode and have a fantastic day.